Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoyed today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. In just a few moments, we're going to hear a word from a good friend of me and Amy's. This is our discipleship coach right here, Pastor Jason. So yeah, we'll give him a hand. So for the last year, we've been meeting with him. It was weekly for quite a while. Now it's almost weekly we meet with him, and he's been coaching us. And uh, he is the reason that we've been starting Disciple Maker around here. And so we're meeting with our Disciple Maker cohort that Pastor Amy and I are a part of, that we personally are in for the next two days right here. They're all flying to Phoenix, and they're going to join us right here in our building for the next two days. We're going to have a two-day cohort. It's going to be awesome. So that's why he's in town. He came in early to bring the word. And uh, he's from Alabama, y'all. So you're going to enjoy Jason. (laughs) But it's a good moment for me to introduce you before we dive into the word here. And just to keep everybody standing for a long time, too. It's always fun to do that. (laughs) Um, But I just have grown to love this brother. He's a great guy. They got a great thing going in their church in, in in Coleman, Alabama. That's what it is, right? Coleman, Alabama, just south of Huntsville. And um, God's doing a great work of discipleship there. And we're wanting to see more of what they are seeing here in Phoenix. And we're in the beginnings of seeing it here. And he's a part of, he'll talk about Timothy Initiative and all that kind of stuff. And it's just a a fun honor for us to have our coach, our discipleship coach here, uh, bringing the word here today. So here's the word, Acts 4, 23. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this happened here. Is that right? Yeah. In fact, this has happened here in this very city for Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O Lord, Hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. Let's pray. Father God, I just come to you today, Lord, just thanking you so much for all that you do. Father, I thank you for your spirit in this place. God, I thank you for the people that are here this morning. Lord, I pray right now that you're just opening up their hearts and their minds. 
Lord, get them prepared for whatever you want them to learn today. Father, I pray that you just be with me, Lord, that you give me the right words to say. Father, that it's not my words, it's your words. Father, don't allow me to step in place. Lord, I pray that you just take over. Father, I pray that you just pour into me so that I can pour into them. Amen. You can be seated. So before we get started in the Word today, I just want to share a few things with you with the Timothy Initiative. And let me just say, God is so good. He is so good. Pastor Tyrone, all he said was, you just, you just preach whatever you want to preach. And I'm telling you, God has orchestrated this thing that it's just fallen into place. You would have thought that we got together and we planned this out. And this is just, this is all God. Now, before I get started, I am from Alabama. There may be a little bit of a, a draw here. Uh, a, a young lady asked me this morning, I was, I was speaking for her, and I said, here, let me, this is the clearest way I can put it. Here in Arizona, do y'all watch wrestling? Does anybody ever watch wrestling? I got a few. There's no such thing as wrestling in Alabama. It's wrestling. That's what we have. And I'll go ahead and tell you right now, you could have never convinced my granny that it was fake. Wrestling is real in Alabama. <laughs> So if we could just go ahead and look at a few of the slides here. So the first slide, all this is is basically saying I'm with the Timothy Initiative USA. I'm with the USA side of the, of the Timothy Initiative. If we could go to the next slide. So right here, this is the Timothy Initiative in, in its whole entirety. The Timothy Initiative actually started overseas. It was an overseas ministry that wanted to train disciples to make disciples. They were wanting to reach the lost. So you can see that 40% of the world, more than 3 billion people, live in areas with little to no access to the gospel. And 85% of the work focuses on areas that are less than 5% evangelical Christians. All right, you can go to the next slide. So this is Timothy Initiative in a whole, and it's kingdom impacted. And let me tell you, that's what I love about TTI, is it's kingdom focused. We are breaking denominational boundaries and working together so that we can tell people about Jesus Christ. So what we can see is every day, 72 new churches are planted on average. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Over 202,000 Timothys are in training currently right now. Over 145,000 churches have been planted. 2.4 million estimated new disciples have been made. Over 111,000 widows and orphans are impacted by the local church. And then over 1.3 salvations. Yes, give God glory. So what is TTI USA? TTI USA is the national arm of the Timothy Initiative working to see disciple-making and church planning take place in every part of the United States. So what we've got here on the Timothy Initiative on the USA Impact, now some of these numbers are, are not going to be exactly up to date. We turn numbers in on a quarterly basis, so this is growing every single day. But right now, currently, we have 50 training centers across the U.S., we have 266 Timothys. These are people that are involved in the training centers. And then we have 266 Tituses. Tituses are when we teach a Timothy to go out, lead people to Christ, and make disciples. They pull the lost, this lost person, which is now saved, that's a Titus, where they're teaching them to go out and reproduce and do the same. Okay? So, so far we've had 274 new believers that have come to Christ. This is in America. And right now, we have 69 microchurch or fellowship groups. Guys, the, the young man just told you, 
He was 33 years old and probably would have never came into a church. 42% of your population will never step foot into this church. And that's the minimum. Some areas are going to be even higher. In your particular area, that number may be higher. So 42% will never step into this church. We've got to teach people to go out into the community, lead people to Christ, plant churches so that they have a place to worship. Yeah. So right now, you can see in the blue, we currently have 16 states that are involved in disciples making disciples. And if you can see in the green, we've got 10 more states that in August of 2023, they're going to join in in this kingdom-focused and evangelism uh, uh, impact that we're having across America. So just a few pictures. You can see some training centers. Pennsylvania, Florida, Alabama, South Carolina. I didn't have a picture of you guys. I'm sorry. So we got a few there. So I just want to tell you right here, this is, this is a story, and we've got many more. This is a guy named Carl. I call him Captain Carl. This is how, through, through DMD, we're using, God is using ordinary people to do extraordinary things. We've got Captain Carl here, and he's in the, the DMD program down in Tampa, Florida. And Carl, a boat captain, uh, he knows that all the, all the other boat captains every morning, they gather together in the same spot to fill their boats up, to get their bait, and, and what he realized was they need Jesus, right? People in America need Jesus. Can we agree with that? They need Jesus. So what Carl done is he started witnessing to them. He started inviting them to a Bible study. Carl ended up leading four people to Christ. And then these pictures right here is where Carl was able to baptize them immediately, and, and or not immediately, but later in the Tampa Bay. So it says, while being trained through DMD Level 1, TTI Disciple Maker Carl started a Discovery Bible Study group with some boat captains in Tampa Bay area. In just a few months, eight men started to meet every week at the docks to read God's Word together, listen to His voice, and hold one another accountable. Through the DBS, several of the boat captains have trusted in Christ. In late 2022, Carl got to baptize four men from the DBS group. Some of the men in these pictures have not yet surrendered their lives to Christ, but Carl and Matt know that the light of these men who stepped out in faith will continue to shine brightly. Guys, this is just one small story of the stuff that we hear all across America. We've got, we've got where a guy in his 50s had never heard about Noah and the ark. He had no clue where the rainbow come from. It blew his mind when he joined a DBS group to hear about God's word. His name was Barry. Barry ended up accepting Christ. When Barry, one of the things that we teach you about a disciple that makes disciples is to go out and share your faith. When Barry started going to work the next day to tell everybody about what he was learning in his micro church, his boss started giving Barry an extra hour of lunch because he wanted Barry to come in and start telling him about it. We've got a, got a guy named Jackson. Jackson works at a um, transportation department. So Jackson started a Bible study inside the transportation part department. He, he led one of his coworkers to Christ. So what does a disciple that makes disciples do? They immediately start telling them exactly what happened to them, the power that they received, and that they need to go out and share exactly what's God, what God has done for them. So this coworker went and shared with another coworker, done the exact same thing that Jackson had done. He led that coworker to Christ that day. What did he do? He was a disciple that made disciples. He told him the same thing that Jackson said. You're supposed to go out and tell other people. That coworker went and shared and he led somebody to Christ. That's three salvations all in one day. Yes. Those are just some of the small stories 
that we're hearing about all across the country. All across the country. I want to tell you, when you saw the map before, I don't know if, the, if y'all noticed that California was in that. I'll just go ahead and tell you right now. I spoke with, with a pastor in California. We have 15 pastors that are ready to join in. Here's what encouraged them to join in. They said, how can this happen in the West? How's this going to work in the West? I said, let me go ahead and tell you about pastors Tyrone and Amy. Let me tell you about what's going on at Rivers Church. I shared with them what was happening here. They said, hey, we've got a neighboring church that's out West doing this. We can do it. We want to join in. That's what's happening because of this church right here. Yes, praise the Lord. So that brings me into the text today. That brings us into the text. Now, I just want to kind of catch you up to where we're at. Pastor Tyrone, he started in Acts 4.23. Let me just kind of get you caught up to where we're at. If you go back to Acts 3, you've got Peter and John. They're going into the temple, and they're going to preach about Jesus. And as they get to the temple, there's a lame man there at the entrance been lame by birth. Everybody knows him. Everybody knew that he was lame. So he's begging for money. So he goes to to Peter and he wants some money. And this is what Peter says. Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I give you, I give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So the lame man, he got up and walked and he went telling everybody what had happened and people could see they knew he couldn't walk. So as Peter and John are going into the temple, they're wanting to tell people about Jesus. Well, because of the lame man, a large crowd came up. And the Bible tells us that about 5,000 believed that day. About 5,000 believed because of the miracle that that had happened to the lame man. Well, this, this upset the Sadducees pretty bad, pretty rough, right? So they took Peter and John, and they actually threw Peter and John into jail. They threw Peter and John in jail. They made them stay the night. Well, the next day when they released Peter and John, this is what they told them. When they released them, they they gave them further threatenings. Basically what that is, is they said, you better stop. If you keep on, there's going to be more trouble. More is going to happen than just throwing you in jail. Stop what you're doing. And that brings us to the text that Pastor Tyrone read. It immediately starts out where, where Peter and John They go back to the church and they pray. The Bible says in verse 23 that they went back to their own company and told them what had happened. Now, I'm reading from a different version, but guys, it all says the same. It's all said the same. Every bit of this is going to glorify God. And it says they went back to their own company and they told what had happened. They went back to fellow believers. They went back to like-minded people and told them what was going on. So what did they pray? What did they pray? It says they lifted up their voice with one accord, and that one accord means they prayed together. They prayed in agreement. They just had a prayer meeting right there. You see, the disciples, they understood that there's great power in prayer. The church understood that there was great power in praying together. They were united in prayer. How are we doing this all across America? I'm not even talking about what's going on overseas. I'm specifically talking about America. How is this discipleship movement happening all across America? Because you saw the 16 states, those blue states. Every one of those states are praying together for the same purpose and the same thing, and that's for God's kingdom to overtake America. They were united in prayer. Listen, one of the most effective and intimate ways to connect to God is through prayer. 
And prayer is just simply listening to, talking to, and hearing from God. That's all it is. Prayer is communicating with God just the same way as you would interact with a spouse, the same way that you would interact with a friend. Guys, when you pray, we should be authentic. We should be sincere. Because we have access to the Father, He wants us to come to Him. The Bible says that God wants us to come to Him with everything. You see, the church had a problem and they prayed. When the church had a need, they prayed. And that's what we see Peter and John do here. They decided to get together and have just a good old-fashioned prayer meeting. Charles Spurgeon said, when asked about this great ministry, uh, about his great ministry, he replied, my people pray for me. Dr. R.A. Torrey says, pray for great things, expect great things, work for great things, but above all else, pray. Guys, prayer is not our will getting done in heaven, but it's God's will getting done here on earth. So I want to look at a few things through the text. Let's just look at a few things. First, if you're taking notes, I want to look at the recognition and prayer. I want you to look at their recognition and prayer. So why is this important? Why is this important? Because they knew who they were talking to. I want you to look how they address him. If you look in Acts 4.24, it says, Lord, thou art God. Lord, thou art God. Now let me just say, they didn't need to inform God of who he was. God knows who he is. God is not up in heaven right now just waiting on our affirmation. They didn't have to say, no, Lord, I promise you really are God. They knew who they were talking to. And what they're doing here is they're declaring the greatness of God and that honors and glorifies God. But not only are they saying this to, to glorify God, but they're also saying this to remind themselves just who they're talking to. Listen, they not only recognized uh, a recognition in prayer, but they recognized his authority. Look what it says. It says, Lord. Now the word Lord here, it's not the, it's not the usual word that we see in the New Testament. It's the Greek word despotus, which means absolute ruler. Absolute ruler. Listen, when they prayed, they prayed with power and confidence that they absolutely believed that God was in control. They knew who they were talking to. You know, let me tell you what the problem with the, with the churches are today is they don't know who they're talking to. They go to God with these weak and anemic prayers because they think that they serve a weak and anemic God. Well, God, maybe if you can answer this prayer. Well, God, kinda if you can do this. Well, God, hopefully if you'll do this. Listen, when they prayed, they prayed with confidence because they believed that God was in control. And we need to check up and we need to realize that who we're talking to. Because when we pray, we need to believe that he is in control. But not only did they recognize his authority, but listen, they recognized his ability. It says which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. They're remembering who they're talking to. They're not praying to an imaginary God. They're not praying to a God that they've made up in their minds. They're praying to an all-powerful God. They're praying to a God that makes the sun rise every day. They're praying to a God that puts the air in your lungs. They're praying to a God that just spoke this world into existence. They know who they're praying to. 
So how can we know God's ability? Well, guys, you have to open up your Bibles. That's the way to know God's ability. We have to open up our Bibles. We have to look at Scripture. We have to know the Word. That's how the disciples knew. Look what it says in verse 25. It says, Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said? They quoted the Word back to the Word. They knew God's Word. When we have a problem, we have to pray. When we have issues, we need to pray. When we go to God, we need to pray and we need to recognize that there's nothing He can't do. So not only do we see the recognition in their prayer, but let's look at the request. Let's look at the request. What did they ask for? They asked for boldness to proclaim the gospel. Now guys, remember, they had just got put in jail. They were being persecuted and had just got put in jail. And not only did they just get put in jail, but as they were released, they were further threatened. In other words, you better not do this again. Don't let me catch you back. They could have easily went back and said, Lord, please don't make me do this. Lord, please, it's hard, it's difficult. God, please don't make me do this. But what did they do? What did they do? Verse 29 says, And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness that may speak thy word. They prayed for enablement, not escape. They prayed for strength, not safety. They prayed for power, not protection. They prayed for boldness to proclaim the gospel. Phillips Brooks says, Do not pray for easy lives. Pray to be stronger men and women. Do not pray for tasks equal to your powers, but pray for powers equal to your task. They not only prayed for boldness to preach the gospel, but they also asked for miracles to help them be bold. In verse 30, it says, And that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. They wanted miracles to encourage their boldness. And let me tell you, a miracle will encourage your boldness. I want to tell you a story. Back in November, my 10-year-old niece, they found a a cancerous mass that was pushed up against her her, uh, airway. It was basically suffocating her. Well, because of the location where it was at, they were were unable to put her to sleep so that they could do a, a biopsy on the mass for treatment. You see, they couldn't treat her for the cancer because they didn't know exactly what type of cancer it was. And I told my brother that, that we were praying for him. I told my brother that I had people all across this country praying. I had Pastor Tyrone and Pastor Amy praying. But to be honest with you, he really wasn't paying attention to that. He was more worried about helping the doctors call all across this country to find a doctor that would do it. No doctor would, do, would put her to sleep. They said if she got put to sleep, it would kill her. It would completely close up her airway. So they couldn't find anybody to do it. So the doctors came in and they said, well, there is a very, very small chance that what we can do is we can go in through her neck and we can try to get uh, about a quarter size sample from her lip notes. But they, they were very specific and said, we need that quarter size sample. So they went in and unfortunately they were only able to get about a pea size. So it was already a very slim chance that anything was gonna happen but now they only got a pea size. So they told my brother 
Don't expect any news. It probably wasn't going to work. They were going to send the biopsy off anyways. But you see, while my brother was worried about the doctors, I had people all across this country praying to the great physician. They called my brother and they gave him the good news. So my brother calls me and he tells me the good news that they were able to find out what it is so they could do treatment. And this is what he said. Keep on praying, keep on praying, keep on praying. So what did that do? Let me tell you what that miracle done. That encouraged his faith. And you know what he's done since and you know what he'll continue to do for the rest of his life? He's going to be bragging on God for that miracle that happened in his life. Now my niece is only 10 right now, but I can promise you someday she'll also be sharing that miracle that happened in her life. God will perform miracles to encourage you. He performed a miracle right here to encourage their boldness. We just know that 5,000 people came to Christ because of what they saw the lame man do. Listen, God's touch and God's move made them to a place where they had boldness to proclaim the gospel. God don't answer our prayers so that we can have bigger houses. God's not answering our prayers so that we can have more cars. Listen, God's not answering our prayers so that we can have bigger churches. God answers our prayers so that we can have the boldness to go out and spread the good news of Jesus Christ. And we need to pray together as a church, not for easier lives, but we need the boldness when we leave here so that we're able to tell people about Jesus. Now, I want to share with you how you can do that. Very simple. Every morning, I want you to pray for Bob. Bob. That's burden, opportunity, and boldness. So that's what Bob stands for, a burden, opportunity, and boldness. So you just wake up in the morning and you say, Lord, I'm praying for Bob today. I need a burden. God, give me a burden. When I see people on the street, I just don't want to see somebody that's in my way. Lord, I want to see somebody that's lost. I want to see somebody that if they don't know you today, they're going to die and go to hell. Give me a burden for the lost people in my community. And then we got to pray for an opportunity. The Bible tells us that God's hand is going before us. He's already working on their hearts. So you say, God, give me an opportunity. I know that you're working on somebody today. Father, I pray that you put them in my pathway. Or Lord, let me be in their pathway. God, give me an opportunity so that I can go out and tell somebody about you. And then we need to be praying for boldness. God, when you do put somebody in my pathway, don't let me get scared. Don't let me chicken out. Don't let me overlook them. Father, give me boldness so that I'm able to tell them exactly what you want me to say. Father, give me boldness. So every day be praying for Bob. So the first thing we saw was a recognition in their prayer. The second was a request in their prayer. Third, let's look at a response to their prayer. Let's look at the response. And by the way, I want to go ahead and tell you this. When you go to God with a request, there will always be a response. Always be a response. In verse 31, it says, And when they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. They had a stirring up. That word shaken right there means to disturb, to stir up, to incite, to move. They were stirred up. Listen, when they prayed, they were shaken. They had a strong emotion and desire to do something. Let's put it in a way that we can all understand. They were fired up. They were fired up. 
They were ready to leave that prayer meeting and put into action what they had prayed for. Listen, in our prayer lives, we need to be praying in a way that gets us stirred up. There's churches out there today that need stirred up because they're not doing anything for God. But you know what? There's also churches out there that need to be uh, prayed to be stirred up because they're getting tired. They need some encouragement. They need some hope. They need some strength. Let me put it to you this way. You got a pot of beans on the stove, right? You got a pot of beans. Well, if you don't stir those beans, the beans at the top, they're getting cold. But you got the beans on the bottom, they're getting burnt. And for you to have a good meal, you got to stir them beans, right? You got to stir them beans so they all cook the same, they all taste the same. Now you've got a good pot of beans. That's the way we need to go into our prayer lives. That's the way we need to be praying about our church because we got some churches that are on the top that are ice cold and they're not doing nothing for the Lord. And then you got some churches on the bottom that just burn out because they're doing everything. So we need to get God, we need to be praying for God to come in and just stir up our churches, just stir up our churches so that we can have this great movement across America. America. Listen, when God goes to stirring, I want to tell you right now, He will always provide help. God will always provide help. It says that they were filled with the Spirit. Now, I want to share, with, share, share this with you right here. I love telling this everywhere I go. I love it. I, this is probably one of my most favorite things to tell people. Now, the filling of the Spirit is different, different right here. What this is talking about, this is not talking about the Spirit from salvation. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about the leading and guiding of the Spirit. You see, when we're saved, we get all the Spirit that we're going to get. We don't lose it. It don't pour out. We get it all. You guys don't have more Spirit than Pastor Tyrone. Pastor Tyrone doesn't have more Spirit than me, and I sure don't have more Spirit than you guys. And by the way, this is the most important part. The Spirit that's in you is the exact same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. That's the power that you guys have inside of you. So what it's talking about right here is it's talking about the filling of the Spirit. It's talking about being, being controlled by the Spirit. It's giving God control of our lives and submitting to His will. God, it's your will, not my will. Now, how were Peter and John going to keep preaching the gospel under these threats? Well, it's because they were not in control. God was in control. And when you get scared to tell somebody about Jesus, ask to be filled. There's probably several people in here that say, I, listen, I understand that it's a command. I love the fact that we're a church that wants to go out and disciple people. I love the fact that we have these training centers, but don't ask me to be in it because you don't know me. I'm scared. I'm terrified. I can't talk to people. I'm going to fill you in with a little secret. I'm scared too. I'm absolutely terrified. I spent the whole time that we were worshiping asking God to fill me with His Spirit. I got up at 1.30 this morning just praying and praying and praying, nervous to death. It's not me. It's God. What do I do? I go to God and I say, God, please fill me with Your Spirit. God, control me. Lead me. Guide me. Father, I want to do what You want to do. So if you're scared to death to go out and witness to people, just pray to be filled with the Spirit. And here's the great and wonderful thing. You can do it in the morning. You can do it at 9 a.m. You can do it again at 12. You can do it at 2. You can do it at 5. I don't know. You can do it as many times as you need. I don't know what kind of traffic you guys got around here, but you may need to be filled with the Spirit a lot. <laughs> you can do it as many times as you need to. And let's look lastly. 
Let's look at what they had. They had an action to the response. There was an action to the response. We needed to put into action what we pray for. Here we see that they spake the word of God with boldness. And if we continue to read in Acts, we know that the disciples continue to preach. They continue to preach the gospel under great persecution. But we know that God was with them and many people believed. And when we go to God with a request, we need to be listening for his response. We have to trust that he knows best and we've got to obey his will and do what he's asking us to do. Guys, I want to tell you, I shared right off the bat this morning some of the great things that are happening across America with the Timothy Initiative. But here's one thing that I didn't do. Those numbers didn't have your church in it at all. I didn't share what's happening right here. It's very obvious that you guys are praying for great things. It's obvious that you guys are praying for boldness. But what's so important is that you guys are being obedient you're responding what God's asking you to do. I told you that because of the great things that are happening right here at Rivers Church, that 15 pastors right now today are ready to get started in California. 15 pastors because of what's going on. Right now, currently at Rivers Church, you guys have five training centers going. And this is probably news that you already hear. But you have five training centers going. You have 47 people that are in those training centers being trained to be a disciple that makes disciples. Yes, give yourselves a hand. That, that is wonderful. So far, you guys have seen 11 salvations and, and two baptisms. All for the kingdom. All for the kingdom. Guys, I just want to challenge you. Pray for Bob. Pray for Bob. Ask God to give you that burden. Ask God to give you that opportunity. Ask God to give you that boldness. When you don't think that you can do it, ask to be filled with the Spirit. Never forget that that power that's inside of you is the exact same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. As you need to be proud of what's going on. Be proud of what God's doing, using ordinary people to do extraordinary things right here in Rivers Church. Let's pray. Father God, I just come to you this morning. Lord, just thanking you. Thanking you for the hearts of this place. Lord, thanking you for the people in this place. God, thanking you for those that are obedient to your word. God, nothing could be done without you. Father, nothing can be done without your people. Lord, I thank you for those that are in the training center, but God, I thank you for those that are just actively supporting this church in the training center. So Father, I pray that you just touch their hearts today. Father, I pray that you just lead them where they need to go. Father, I pray that you just help them as they continue to grow for you and continue to grow in their prayer life. Father, if there's somebody here today that doesn't know you, but Father, they want to be able to come to you. They want to have that access to you. Father, I pray right now that you're just touching their heart. Father, I pray that you just encourage them to not leave this place today unless they find somebody to tell them about you. God, we thank you for what you're doing in this country. We thank you for what you're doing here. God, I thank you for Pastor Amy. I thank you for Pastor Tyrone. Lord, I thank you for just the, the work that they're doing for your movement and for your kingdom. God, I thank you. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. 
We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.